That was powerful, wasn't it? That'll get you. It got me again. That's the second time I've watched it. It's gotten me both times. Well, thank you, Lord. That's what Christmas is. It's that you changed everything for us. And we really do acknowledge that and appreciate that, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much. And, Father, I just pray for everybody in this room right now that they would have a really Merry Christmas. A great Christmas, Lord. This would be their best Christmas yet. The best Christmas yet, Lord. We just want to see the, the glory of God come and peace on earth come and goodwill get released in a tremendous way, Lord. For every person in this room, in Jesus' name I ask you, Lord, amen. All right, so um, I'm going to give you my Christmas presents. I would like to, if I had a lot of money, I'd buy you all a Christmas present, but you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, the children can go. That's right, Matthew. Is that right? No, okay. Uh, usually when I buy Becky Christmas presents, she takes them back. So the only time I get her anything is she writes it down on a piece of paper and tells me exactly what she wants. So I don't get her anything that's not on her piece of paper. Huh? Oh, yeah, I want to remind Email? Email. Oh, yeah, she sends it in the email. Yeah. Tonight we got the Christmas uh, party. Everybody say party. At 7 o'clock? At Citizen Center, downtown Mooresville, right on Main Street. If you've never been downtown, it's, you can't miss it. Bring two finger foods. Okay, whatever that is. Food that, for fingers. All right, so I'm going to give you a Christmas present this morning. And is Donna, is Donna still in here, Donna Color? She is. All right, hang on, we're going to do that. Okay, and so, but this is not a normal message, okay? This is an abnormal message. But what's normal, right? Yeah, but I want to read this to you and, and just show you what the Lord showed me this week. It's Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. Uh, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. So first I want to pinpoint this for you. Anytime in the Bible, if you get two, the same word two times in one sentence, it's got to be important. Uh, His great love which He loved us. Amen? And the Lord wants you to know that today, that He loves you. And this, His love is great. He was rich in mercy and because of his great love with which he loved us. Thank you for that, Lord. Even when we were dead in trespasses, and remember that means, that word dead means you were locked into a lifestyle of sin and trespasses. It's something you could not, there was nothing you could do to get out of it. You were, you were stuck. But he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? Those are two powerful verses in the Bible. Well, what I want to talk to you about is the first two words, which is, but God. Everybody say, but God. Now, um, I want to give you a little definition of what but God. This is my, my definition, okay? Uh, but, this, this, I'm, I made this up, but this is what it really means. But God is a, is a bridge, everybody say bridge, between philosophy, facts, circumstances, and conditions. And on the other side is the truth. You got that? Philosophy, facts, circumstances, and conditions are on one side of the bridge. And on the other side of the bridge is the truth. Okay? Uh, these philosophies, facts, and circumstances, and conditions cannot invalidate or even dilute the truth. It cannot even, ever make the truth less true. 
Okay? It cannot make the truth less true. You can, there's facts. Okay? There's things that are factual, but that doesn't mean they're the truth. Okay? And just because something's factual doesn't mean it's, it's the truth. Now, a lot of people have this uh, bad mindset about faith. Faith does not deny facts. Okay, see, a lot of people will deny the facts. Okay, in other words, like if a person say they were sick, just sick as a dog. Okay, they would not say that, I can't confess that I'm sick. Like that's going to change anything. Okay? You see, faith sees something greater. That's what it lays hold of. It doesn't deny facts. And I think that's really what we really need to realize about true faith. True faith looks at the facts and says, that's, that's a fact. But it sees something greater, something that can overcome those facts. You got that? And so that's what this bridge is. This bridge is but God that overcomes all facts, all philosophies, all conditions, all anything. You name it, whatever you got this side of heaven or whatever's going on in your life this side of heaven, there's something over this bridge that God wants to give you. So I wanted just to share a few out of the Bible uh, that I wanted to give you this morning. If they apply to you, you can receive them today and get a serious breakthrough in your life. Because I believe the Lord wants people to have breakthrough. Amen? So I'll go through these pretty quickly. There's just a few of them. Uh, first one is Genesis 7, 7 verse, verse 23 through uh, chapter 8, verse 1. This is the flood, when God destroyed the earth with the flood. Uh, then it says, Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. That was a rough day in the earth, right? And only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. The, the water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. But then, verse 1, it says, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that came with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. That's good, isn't it? But God remembered. Now, I want, first of all, I want to stop right here. How many of people in this room feel like God's forgotten you? Okay, you feel like you're sort of stuck in a situation. There's one person right there who's already raising their hand. feel like God's forgotten them. They're stuck in situations in their life. Well, that's right. God wants to release something to you right now. Okay, so if you're a person that you feel like that God's forgotten you, God is saying, I want to bring a different wind into your life. I think 2011 is a year of a different wind. A different wind is going to blow in your circumstance, in your situation that, you, that have trapped you, really, that entrapped you, is going to change. So raise your hand if you're that person. All right, keep your hands up. We're going to pray right now, okay? Because the Father wants to release something. Father, we're just going to release that wind right now in Jesus' name. We're going to release the, 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 for those who feel like they've been forgotten. Lord, we're asking you today. We're, we're calling forth. We're decreeing a new wind to come in their life, a wind that their circumstances will be changed, their situations will be changed, Lord. It would be a new day, Lord. We're praying that 2011 would be a changing of the wind, Lord, a changing of the guard in their life, a changing of their circumstances, a changing of their situation, and they would discover, Lord, that God has not forgotten them. Lord, I pray that I call forth for that today, that God has not forgotten in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, the next one is, uh, is Genesis 50, verse 18 through 20. Okay, this is the story of Joseph. You remember, you remember most of you know the story of Joseph. Joseph was uh, betrayed by his brothers and sold 
into slavery and basically left for forgotten. And then later in life, of course, uh, Joseph became the second most powerful person in the world. And his brothers had to come to him. Uh, and as long as their dad was alive, his brothers kind of felt like they could it'd be all right because his daddy was still around. But when his dad passed... Uh, his brothers got scared again and went to Joseph. And it says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, his being Joseph. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me. Everybody say, But God. But God meant it for good. In order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Well, some people in this room have been betrayed, okay, and some people in this room have been treated badly, okay, by other people, like, for instance, your spouse, okay, and so what God wants to do, or it could be somebody else, but usually the things that really hurt us the most are the people that are closest to us. Those are the ones we really feel betrayed by, really hurt by, and their words can be real wounding to us, but today, if you're that person Okay, that God, that, that somebody meant something for evil in your life, or it feels like they meant it for evil, God wants to turn it for good. So raise your hand if you're that person. Let's hold them up. All right, let's just pray for them. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Lord, for what other people have meant for evil, what life has meant for evil. You see these people with their hands up, Lord, for what life has meant for evil the turns and the, and the disappointments and the things that have really come against them, Lord. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, I pray for that impartation, but God meant it for good, that each one of these people begin to see the goodness of God in the land of living. They begin to see your goodness in these situations, in these circumstances. Lord, there will be an impartation of revelation of the goodness of God, and they, like Joseph, would begin to see what you have done, what your plans were. The Bible tells us that Joseph said, uh, he, he called his, uh, uh, he said he was fruitful. What was the two names? Naphtali, Naphtali is fruitfulness, and what was the other? And forgetfulness. Lord, I'm praying right now for forgetfulness, divine forgetfulness to come on these folks with their hands. They would begin to forget their pain. They would forget their sorrow, Lord. And I pray for a fruitful time in 2011. 2011 will be a time of forgetting what lies behind and laying hold of what's ahead and a time of great fruit in their life, Lord. A time where they would, each one of them would begin to see the, the fruitfulness and the goodness of God. Amen, Lord. We ask you for that. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Did I get it cooled off enough in here for you? You might, somebody might want to go and adjust it. I, I'm really hot. I went overboard. I thought, man, I'm about to burn up. I've got to cool off. I'm just hot when everybody else is cold. I'm sorry. Huh? It's starting to snow in here. I hope it does start snowing in here. We'll know. That won't be from the temperature. We'll know that's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That'd be Holy Ghost snow. Somebody can turn it up if they want to. All right, the next one is Psalm 72. I see everybody huddling like, like they're sitting here freezing. <laughs> Like, man, this message can't be that cold, can it? <laughs> Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, you know, that your flesh, could be, that could be sickness, 
or, or disease or any or, or old age. I mean, I'm getting in on this old age thing. You know, your flesh starts slowing down. I've only lost a half a, half a step, is what I tell all the young guys. I can still outrun them and I can still beat them. That's only a half a step behind. But your, but your heart will be your soul. Your broken-hearted people, people who've gone through stuff inside them that just just a wounded hurt, hurting on the inside. So that's those are the two things. I want you to raise your hand if your heart's broke this morning. If you you feel like you're broken on the inside and you got things in you that just hurt that you feel you feel that, or if your flesh, if you're sick, raise your hand because we're going to call on the God. Who, to be the strength of our heart and our portion. Lord, we just call that for. Raise your hand. I, want to, I think it's important when you acknowledge something to the Lord, because the Lord knows, of course, this, but the Lord just is seeing you humble yourself right now. Lord, you see these hearts that are broken. You see these hearts that have lost strength, the discouragement, the disappointment, Lord, the failures, Lord, the things in our life that just drag us down, Lord, where it feels like we can never get a victory. We feel like nothing ever really works the way we thought it would, Lord. We just feel like we live in a state of constant uh, of failure, not success, and not victory. Lord, you see these hands. You see the hands of the ones who are sick in this room. We're calling for the but God to be our portion, but God to be our strength. Lord, we call it forth right now upon this. We call for an impartation of your portion, of your strength, Lord. There's no failure in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no loss in heaven. And so, Lord, release that right now. Let there be a true divine impartation. A divine exchange would happen right now from failure and disappointment and discouragement and weakness and sickness, Lord, for your strength, for your health for your beauty lord we ask you lord in jesus name thank you lord amen all right the next one is first corinthians 1 26 through 27 and this one is one that's a good one for me and you but i'm admitting this is one i need uh for you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god amen has chosen the foolish things of the world to put the shame the wise. But God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame the things which are mighty. Isn't that powerful? How many people in here feel stupid at times? How many people would like to just crawl in a hole sometimes? You feel like a failure. You've done what you've done, but you want to just hide somewhere. Do y'all ever get that feeling? Like if there, if there was a hole I could crawl in, and I would crawl in it right now. I felt that many, many times. Just... You feel exposed. Well, I'll tell you, the good news is, but God. Amen. We may be foolish, okay? We may be weak. We may not be the wisest thing. We may not be the, the, the cream, of the, uh, cream of the crop, okay? We may not be that, okay? That's okay, but God has chosen us. Amen? And so we can call on God. You may not be the most good-looking person in the world. In fact, you may be a little ugly. I don't know. Well, not everybody, but some people are. God has chosen some ugly people. You know, and so if you feel ugly today and you feel bald-headed, you know, if that's the way you feel, but God, amen. So whenever the devil comes to you and starts saying that stuff, just look at him and say, but God. There's power in this word, I'm telling you, there's power. And God has chosen the foolish, he's chosen the weak, he's chosen the beggarly. He didn't choose the cream of the crop. So, Father, if you feel, if you're one of those people that raise your hands, the Lord really wants to let you know that you're his peculiar child 
you may be peculiar, but you're His peculiar child that He loves and He chose you. And He wants you to know that. He wants you to know that He loves you. He's pleased with you. In fact, some old bald-headed men in this room, He is telling you, I love your old bald head. You know, your old ugly head. I love your old ugly head. It, everybody else may not love it, but I love it. And I'll kiss your head. I'll just kiss it, you know. You know, that's the way the Lord does. He'll just bend down and kiss your old bald head. The Lord wants you to know that this morning and not feel like a reject. Some people in this room feel like rejects. You feel like you don't measure up. I'm going to tell you something. The truth is, that qualifies you. Amen? I want you to, when you don't feel like you measure up, just say, but God. I don't have to measure up, but God. God measured me up. Amen? And when we pull on the but God in that part of our life, it really, we take the focus off ourselves and put it on Him. It really will change, change your life. Amen? All right, the next one is, this one's really a good one for the Christian workers. And I hope you all are Christian workers. If you're not, get saved. That'd be number one, to be a Christian. Number two, do the work of the Lord that He's appointed you to. But this is what Paul said, and this is the most terrible thing in, that we fight all the time. Uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Uh, most people who serve the Lord fall into a trap. And the trap is this. They try to do the third part. You got that? We have two parts. We have a planting part and a watering part, but we don't have an increase part. In the natural, a farmer plants a seed in the ground. He does his part. He cultivates that ground. He makes that ground ready. He puts that, that seed in there, makes sure that if, if there's not natural uh, watering, he'll make sure there's water to it. But he has nothing else that he can do. There's nothing else he can do to cause that seed to come up and bear fruit. And see, a lot of Christians, me and all of us, we, what we do is we shift. When we quit planting and we quit, well, we've we got to see the increase. So we get into this striving thing in our hearts where we're trying to cause an increase to come from something we planted or watered. And that really doesn't work. That's a false yoke and a false responsibility that we've taken on ourselves. And instead of being at peace and being at joy, we, we find that God starts resisting us. Yeah? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you find that God starts resisting you when you do that. I'll tell you another terrible thing about this is God has a call on everybody's life, and God has certain things He wants us to do. Amen? But here's what, when we're trying to do this other part, when we're trying to do things that God hasn't called us to, when we're trying to bring an increase, okay, we're wearing ourselves out from being able to plant and water the things that God's given us to do. Yeah? How many people have been guilty of that? And so when God shows up one day, you've been wearing yourself out trying to make something happen, trying to call something to come forth that God really said He never assigned you that. And then one day God shows up the very thing you desired and you looked for, but you're too tired, you're too wore out because you've been doing all this stuff and you can't do the thing that God's called you to do. That, that's the downfall of people who really want to see a move of God and a revival of God. We're just so intense on having it. And, and many times God is not even saying be intense. Many times He's just saying just rest right now. Just be, have enough faith to rest. You see, what? How, just have enough faith to trust me instead of trying to make something happen when I'm not going to make it happen. Because if he don't cause that increase, it's not going to happen. Does anybody follow me? I'm just telling you right now, this is the downfall of every uh, diligent, serious Christian. We all fall into that trap. Every one of us. And ultimately, this is what this will do to you. If you keep going long enough, you will fall into sin. Because you'll get so wore out and so discouraged in your heart and you'll start, you'll disconnect from the grace of God. 
you know, the grace of God that keeps you. So I just want to encourage you guys, really, you know, we have to really find out what the heart of the Lord is at any given moment and be able to trust Him at that moment. But we've got, to, we've got to always know this. The heart of the Lord is we're never responsible for the outcome. We're never responsible. And when we, think, when we take that responsibility upon ourselves, we're, we're missing the Lord. So I want anybody here who won't agree with me, I'm raising my hand on this, and I'm terrible about this. I constantly have to get rebuked by the Lord for trying to do God's part, trying to cause an increase. Okay, so if you were that person, Father, we want to we break that curse off on us today. We want to break the curse of feeling like we've got to do something that's impossible. We are not responsible for the increase, Lord. We are responsible for planting and watering. That's what we're saying today, Lord. And we want to just say, no, we want to renounce trying to cause an increase. We want to renounce trying to be the Holy Spirit. You know, some people, parents are terrible about that. If you're a parent today, don't try to be the Holy Spirit for your kids. You know, sometimes we want to protect them and do this for them. Sometimes, you know what you need to do is take your foot and just kick them in the rear and leave them to God. Instead of trying to shield them from God, which is crazy because you can't shield your children from God. I'm telling you because I know all this. I've done all this. But God wants to free people because you ain't the Holy Spirit. You're not the Holy Spirit for your spouse. You're not the Holy Spirit for your children. You're not the Holy Spirit for whatever ministry you're involved in doing. It's only He's the Holy Spirit. And God wants to free us from that. He wants us to be, he wants us to be farmers. He wants us to be planters and waterers. That's what He wants us to do. And if we'll make that the goal of our lives, the goal of our ministries and callings, we'll be fine. We'll be there for the long haul. We'll see the revival. We'll see the moves of God. Amen? So neither he who plants is anything. That's what Paul said. Nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. If we take that, we can plant, if we take the butt God out of this and we can plant and water to, our, to the cows come home and there's never going to be an increase. The barn's always going to be empty. But that's not what the heart of the Father is. All right, the last one is, is 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 14. This is about temptation. Anybody had any temptation in their life? Before, Okay, no temptation is overtaking you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's what happens to a lot of Christians, okay? A lot of Christians get condemned because they're tempted. They feel bad because they, feel these, they have these feelings, these desires... They're pulling on them, and they know they're wrong. Okay? So they fall into this condemnation, not knowing that temptation is common, not knowing that everybody, even Jesus, was tempted. It says He was tempted at all points, just like we were. So being tempted is not a sin. It's just when you give in to it, that's when it can become sin. Okay? So what we got to do is we got to realize something. That when temptations come to us, there's something more powerful at work. There's a but God that's at work in our life that wants to help us overcome those temptations. So here's what you can do. When temptations come, you need to say to that temptation, but God. You hear what I'm saying? You need to, whatever it is. If, now here's what happens is people will, will get tempted and they will make a choice to sin. I just can't do this. I can't. I can't, I can't bear this. So I'm going to go ahead and do that thing. It's not true because that scripture says it's not true. 
it says that God provides a way for you. So when you start, if you'll start standing up to those temptations and start speaking to them and saying, but God to them, they're going to have to bow to you. Like it doesn't mean the feelings are going to go away, but they will bow to you. Amen? Now, here's some things that I want to give you some practical, practical things that I've done in my life that really help me. How many people in this room wake up in the morning and you feel like there's somebody standing in your room waiting on you when you get up? I mean, somebody who wants to just afflict the fool out of you. Somebody who wants to put thoughts in your mind that are bad thoughts. Or somebody who wants to tell you how depressed your life is. Or how bad your life is. Does anybody besides me experience that? Raise your hand if you experience that. Every day of my life, I, there's, a, there's a visitor waiting on me. So here's some things I learned about that visitor. I, I learned this about that visitor, okay? I learned to, number one, pray in tongues. Okay, so when I get up in the morning, I pray in tongues for a bit. Usually, at least one cup of coffee goes by before I even start engaging my mind. Okay, because, you know, you know, when we pray in tongues, we're releasing something from the spiritual world into our spirits. Okay, so that's because, see, otherwise I'm going to be having to fight these thoughts and fight these feelings. I don't want to take the time, my time and use it to fight anything when I'm first getting up. So I pray in tongues, okay? And see, what that does, that begins to release me into the spiritual realm. And then once I had a cup of coffee, my brain is starting to function. I'm starting to feel a little bit built up and edified on the inside because I started my day getting charged instead of getting pulled down. You see what I'm saying? I don't get, you know, that's what the Bible says. He who speaks in tongues edifies. It means build up. It's like charging a battery. You get charged up and you've got spiritual energy inside of you. So that's, that's one thing. Another thing happens to be with reading the Bible. How many people have trouble reading the Bible? Like when you open the Bible, you read a sentence and, and you, I don't know if this has ever happened to you because you may be real spiritual, but I can read something and think, you know, read eight words and think, what did I just read? Have you ever done that? I don't even know what I just read. I mean, because I was thinking about, you know, how cold it is outside or, you know. You see what I'm saying? Because my mind's wandering all over the place. So here's what you do. This will really work. I've been doing it for a few, several months right now. Is pray the Scriptures out loud. Okay, not pray them out loud. Well, you can pray them out loud. Read them out loud. If you'll read them out loud, it'll engage your mind. It'll give you focus. I started doing that, and then I had, in the middle of, when I first began to do it, I had a friend of mine, Robert McMillan, he called me and said, Hey, Byron, I've been reading the Psalms out loud. And it's, I said, Cool, I've been reading the gospel. I went up to him. I've been reading the gospels out loud. Not really. <laughs> and, you, and we begin to talk about how impacting that was for us to read the word out loud because it, it really helped us dial in and get from the word. Then Bob Jones came and he t- was telling me about a man who read the entire, the Lord said, I want you to read the Bible all from front to back, but I want you to read it out loud and keep doing it until I tell you to stop. So he read the entire Bible from front to back, out loud, several times in one year. And his life was completely changed. I mean, he had major breakthrough in his life. Okay, that's major breakthrough. So I'm just telling you a couple of things. The other things Becky reminded me of it is this question of when God doesn't do what we believe He should do. In other words, when, God, when something bad happens, anybody had anything bad to happen to them? And you do not have a grid for what happened. And you ask God the big question, the why question, right? 
Why is a legitimate question in the Bible? Because Jesus asked why. So if he asked why, we can ask why. But here's the problem with it. Jesus didn't live in why. You see what I'm saying? He asked the question, why have you forsaken me? But he went on. So there's nothing wrong in the moment to ask the Lord why. But at some point, really fast, it is not going to do you a bit of good to entertain in your mind why God is not doing what you think God's supposed to do, what you believe the Bible says, what you know to be the truth. Are y'all following this? It just don't do you any good. It's a bad thing to entertain. You've got to just make a decision and a choice in your heart and your mind. Like, listen, I'm not going to live there. I can't afford to live there. You know, Becky was sharing this testimony, uh, so we took her out on a date for the first time in a long time. Okay? But she read this email before we left, and it had all these bad, e- you know, it was actually... It was this email from Sue. That was a great email. It was just what was in there was hard stuff. It was like, you know, people with these serious issues, you know, like cancer, Sally's sister. I mean, it was like three pretty hard things. Somebody, some little child, Jeremy Hodges' friend, little 12-year-old girl had a, a, a biggest brain tumor the doctor's ever laid eyes on. And, and then what was the third one? I'm really helping you all out here. Donna lost her job. Okay. And uh, so Becky was really not doing, you know, that was hard. I mean, we're going out in a day here. I'm spending big money on you, like, you know, $25. <laughs> and you're all messed up because of these, you know. And that's what I said to her, Becky. I don't know why that's happening to them people. I can't tell you why. I don't understand it. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It does not help us to sit around and talk about it and dwell on that. We've got to move on in our minds. Pray for those people. Believe for those people. But you can't live there and trying to figure out why God's doing what He's doing and why He's not doing what He's doing. And if you'll begin to do that and realize that God's always good, God's a good God, God's a loving God, when you begin to put that in your mind, you see, that helps you in a very practical and real sense to get through this life instead of dwelling on why He's not doing what He's supposed to be doing. Well, I had this one testimony. I wanted to just share just a little bit of it about the... uh, Are y'all good? about the burdens, about the, the sowing and the reaping. I had this dream. It's, it's about a year ago. I think it was in 2009 I had the dream. And this is what the Lord told me in the dream. This was a very clear dream. I had a, this is one little piece of the dream. Though. In the dream, the Lord spoke to me in the dream. It was an awesome dream. I'm, let me just tell you this about the Lord. The Lord was there in the dream. I saw God the Father in the dream. But he was the sharpest looking guy in the world. I mean, he was like a business person. And he, I got to go into his office and sat down in his office, and he started talking to me. And he said, this is one of the things he said to me. He said that he mentioned my friend, who Donna's going to come here. He mentioned Donna, Donna Color. And he said they tried to get her job this year. It was about 2009. But I wouldn't let them. They tried to lay her off, but I wouldn't let them. Next year... You're, they're going to try to do it again, but you have to stop them. That's what he told me. You, you're responsible for it. Uh, you know, in the dream, it was cool. You know, like I'm talking to, to God. You know, this is cool. This is wonderful. But then when I woke up, I thought, man, I don't, I don't really like that part of the dream. Why have I got to do it? You know what I'm saying? You just start again. But I knew what the Lord was doing is telling me to pray for Donna Culler because her job was going to be in jeopardy. And sure enough, Donna Culler's job became in jeopardy. And she told me because the company was going through a great downturn. And so I was believing God 
that he, oh, I know, this is, I'm, I was cool. Like, that ain't going to happen to her. God's already told me. I know he, he stopped it one time, and he's told me to do it, so I got this authority to stop them from laying her off. I mean, I really believe that. So, you know, she was going to find out uh, this past week whether she's going to lose the job or not. And so she called me and left me a message right before I was going out on my date with Becky. Yeah, and I listened to it, but I didn't tell Becky. And this is what she told me. I got laid off. That's what she told me. That sort of blew my mind a little bit. I'm thinking, now, wait a minute, Lord, I can't really get this. Why in the world did you tell me that? What did, I, did I do something wrong? You know, all them thoughts started coming to mind. But then I remember, wait a minute. I planted a polished water. God gave the increase. I did what the Lord told me to do. I did exactly what he told me to do. I remember that something Mother Teresa, in the middle, I remember something Mother Teresa said. This is what she said. God did not call me to be successful. God called me to be obedient. And I remember, you know what, I thought, you know what, I did what the Lord did. I think I did it pretty doggone good because, to tell you the truth, I prayed for Don over the last couple, you know, however long this was going on, more than I prayed for anything else. Everything, I had these little things I set up to remind me to pray for Donna Culler's job because the Lord told me to, you know. And I, so I really felt in my heart, I felt at peace. I did, and I told Don, man, I sort of let you down on this one, Don. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to come out here? I want Donna to share this testimony about this because God wants to, number one, here's what God wants to do. God wants to set us free from being responsible. Also, God wants to show us how to get a breakthrough, okay? Because she lost a job, but, but God. <laughs> um, I just really want to share this. When Byron came to me and told me, that he was praying for my job, that my job was going to be in jeopardy. I'm like, dang, why are you telling me that? I, I don't want to hear about my job is going to be going away. Or, you know, just keep that stuff to yourself and then let me in on it later. But So when I got that email that said that uh, we were having a downsizing or whatever, I sent the email to Byron. I said, well, are you doing your job? Because uh, it's not looking good over here. And uh, sure enough, Thursday, I got the call. And uh, I, I got to tell you, that was, that was one heck of a day because uh, I, I just thought, Lord, I just want to have dignity. I, I want to do this before you because I'm not from here, you know, and I don't report to AT&T. I report to you. So no matter what they tell me, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to start using all those scriptures I've been laying on all my kids. You know, I'm going to start, that stuff started rising up in my belly, you know, that, um, you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? You know, God is the strength of my heart. He's my portion. And I just, all that started rising up in me. And my kids, you know, if you get down and out, you just go on Facebook. Because I never believed in Facebook, but I put a thing out there at 429 in the morning. I just lost my job and I can't sleep. And, you know, 30 Facebooks came back at me just pumping me up and, you know, letting me know. I just never have felt so much love in all my life. And the next day, for some reason, my ringer got turned off on my phone. And I looked down and I had 25 missed calls. And it was from my boss and my boss's boss. And they were calling me and, and just asking me would I be willing to move to Greenville, would I be willing to move to Raleigh. And I'm like, you know, I just can't do that. I mean, I, I don't want to say no to any job, but... I just can't go there. I don't have a support system there, and I, I can't do it. And then this guy called me up, 
And uh, I just want to say that how much do you feel the love of God when he, he calls up your pastor, gives him a dream, and tells him what's going on in your life? And then this, this man was faithful to pray for me. I mean, that is the love of the Father. I mean, that he knows in advance what's coming your way, and he puts it on somebody else's heart who has so much more to do than think about me, you know? And I just, first of all that, the love of the Father, just how much he loved me for doing that. But here's something else that happened. Twelve years ago, I hired this boy. He had an earring in his ear. He was rough around the edges. And he didn't know the Lord. And I gave him a job, and he he kept working there. And, you know, then he, he started getting better. I taught him everything I know. He went on, and, and then he, he became a manager. And then he came to know the Lord. And I got to prophesy into his life and speak into his life. And then on Friday morning, this boy had become a manager's manager, and he saved my job, and he gave me another job. And I just want to say, 12 years ago, God knew what was coming to me, and he sent a boy with an earring in his ear into my job, knowing that that boy had a destiny to take care of me when the chips were down, you know. And I just want to say... That God is able, so whatever you have going on in your life right now, He loves you. He loves you. He knows, you know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, the answer was already on the way for what was coming in your life today. So I want to stir you up, brothers and sisters. We're not from here. We don't report to this calling. We report to a higher calling. And God has already sent the answer. So that's what I wanted to share. That's good, isn't it? That's but God. But God. And see, she didn't, even, she didn't go a day without a job. See, many times when we're asking the Lord to do something, and like in that moment, like I was saying, Lord, I don't, you know, what's the deal here? You see, God had an answer. I wasn't, we think, well, he's just, you see, we have a, man, a mindset, this is the way it's going to be answered. You've got to get out of that mindset. You've got to get out of the way and let God do what He does. You see, and that's what but God is always about. It's about that bridge. No matter what your situation is, that bridge is there for you. And God really wants to get people over the bridge. And I, I believe this. I believe 2011, this is what I'm believing, 2011 is, is a time for but God to come through in our lives. See, a lot of people in this room need a breakthrough, right? Lots of people. Or well, maybe I'd need one. Everybody does, you know. And so I believe that but God is going to get released for us. See, that's, the, that's what God wants to give us. That's what He's really saying to us. I want to bring you into a time of but God. So I want to just pray right quick. And then we've got another testimony, right? Yeah, amen. we got a testimony. God is saying something. In the first service, we had a woman healed because of but God. Okay, that's what, if you're sick today, but God. Okay, if you got a job situation, but God. Right? If you got financial situations, but God. If you got demon situations, but God. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pull on but God. Okay, but here's the thing is we've got to participate with God in the but God. Okay? You hear that? See, God wants us involved in what He's doing. See, your breakthrough and my breakthrough 
God, like Donna says, He already has it worked out. He's already got it arranged. He's already put people in positions and places to do this but God. But He wants us to begin to pull it in and declare it. That's why I was saying you, you can't afford... You can't afford to get up in the morning and muddle around through your day thinking a bunch of crazy stuff. You can't afford to be thinking about sinning or, or thinking negative thoughts or thinking about how crummy your life is. You need to wake up in the morning and like, but God. So when this is what you've got to do. Those things come at you, you've got to point your finger at them and say, but God. You've got to start taking authority over those things and saying, yes, yes, you're here. Yes, I don't have the money or yes, I don't have the job, but God. That's what we've got to start doing. We've got to start calling. That's, and, and when you do that, you're building this bridge. You've got your circumstances. You've got your condition. But you have built a bridge for God to come into your life. Really, you build a bridge for you to walk over right into to, to God's world. Amen? Let's say, but God. Let's ask the Lord right now. Everybody in this room has got a but God. There's a big old but God out there. Okay? There's a big one. A big old butt God, and He wants us to take advantage of that big old butt God. And I'm going to tell you something. There's some situations out there that have, I'm, I'm tired of. Are you tired of something? Is there something in your life? You're just saying, I'm just tired of this. I'm tired of the way this is. I'm tired of why there ain't been a breakthrough on it. I'm just tired, Lord. But God. Let's start coming. You, all right, so here's what I want you to do right now. I want you... For your situation, I want you to speak it out. We'll all speak it out together so nobody will be listening in on your, on your bad stuff. But I want you to speak it out, and then I want you to look at that thing in the eye and say, but God. Okay, I want you to cry out to you. I got two babies I need to be brought into my family. Right? I got two babies, okay? I got a situation that needs to be solved. I'm tired. I'm saying, but God! I'm tired of it! Now, you've got to get that way too. You've got to start looking at that thing. Wait a minute! Wait a minute. But God, you've got to get some fire in you. You've got to start saying, Lord, wait a minute. This ain't lining up. But God, you hear what I'm saying? You've got to get out Stand up and do that. Get mean. Get rowdy. I mean, whatever you want to do. Or get quiet, however it works for you. But you start looking at those things and you start declaring, but God over them. But God over your health. But God over your finances. But God over your jobs. But God over your relationships. But God over these injustices that have happened. Lord, we say, but God. But God over our health, Lord. We're declaring, but God. But God. Over every sickness. Over every health. Over every finances, Lord. Over every family, Lord. But God. But God. Over every oppression. But God. But God, but God, we're declaring that. But God, but God, but God, but God over those children who are drifted away from the Lord. But God over those miscarriages. But God, but God over that situation that happened, that hideous situation. But God. But God, but God over Matt Stewart's life. But God over that. But God over that. I feel I'm mad about that. I don't know about y'all, but I'm still mad about that. I'm mad. I'm mad in my heart. I'm saying, but God, something's going to break on that. 
Something's going to break. But God, it must break. You can't stand against God. But God. Oh, but God. Oh, but God ever Cindy Martinez's health. But God. We do not deny the fact that the doctors have said that she has cancer. But we say, but God. But God. But God, Sandy. But God. Who needs a job in here? Raise your hand. Look, raise your hand. Let me just say this over you. You need a job. That's the fact. Your statement. But God. But God. Look at that person and say, but God to them. Turn around and say, but God. But God. But God. But God. But God. Yes. Hallelujah. But God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. In May, they did say I had cancer. And the statistic says for this cancer that I had six months to a year and a half. My Christmas present is I'm here. I should not look like this. But God, I do. But God, I stand on that faith that He bore His stripes for my healing. And but God, I am here right now. And I'm going to be here because my lab work says it looks like I am healed. It says I am healed. My faith says I am healed. God says I am healed. But God, this tumor has got to go in the name of Jesus. It cannot stay in my body. But God, no more chemo is going to kill me. No more, but God is going to rise me up so I can stand and say, God, you are real. You are truly, truly real. You came to us like a lamb, but God, you roar like a lion now. And out of my belly comes a roar. Judah roars in me and I can stand and say but God I am healed by your stripes I am healed but God the devil cannot destroy anything in my life if you have that little bit of faith you stand on it you stand Thank you, on Lord. it mm. hallelujah Thank you, Lord. now I believe this morning the Lord is releasing that that wind that I read about says in the Lord and but the Lord remembered Noah and a wind came on the earth. Now there's a wind getting released. It's the but God wind for your life. Whatever your situation is, God's releasing that wind. And I I want to say for 2011, I'm just believing God for breakthrough. I'm believing that some things that have happened are going to come to an end. That a new season is going to get released. You know, that's what I'm believing for. I'm believing that. I believe it's a 2011 is going to really be a, a, a time where we're going to see but God come forth in a big way. So I want to just decree that over your lives, over this church, over your circumstances. And I believe if you will just, whatever you have, whatever you feel like the Lord's saying to you, just, just get those but gods. Just get a hold of them. And don't let the enemy get into your mind. You've got to keep him out of your mind. Because if you let him in, there's a family. I just really want to release you into that. Lord, just every person in this room, just release to them the ability, the revelation of but God. There would be real revelation. And that people in this room begin to experience that wind. That wind that 
said that the Lord remembered. The Lord remembered Noah. The Lord remembered. Father, we call forth for you today to remember us. But God remembered Noah. But God remembered Angel Stewart. But God remembered. You say, but God remembered me. God, but God remembered me. Just say your name, the Lord. Say your name, but like I'm gonna say, but God remembered Byron Whistler. But God remembered and brought a win, a win killing.